Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. This ain't your abuelita's financial advice. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you tackle grown woman business when it comes to all things dinero. We're going to talk about how to make it, keep it, and grow it. On that note, vamos. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and I'm super excited for today's episode. Before we get into it, I want to let you know about a new event that I'm so proud to be a part of. It's called Finances and Fuego, and it is a five-day workshop webinar series that is going to be focusing on how you can start investing. I am honored to be part of the panel that has been pulled together by Vanessa from Wander Onwards. She was on my podcast a couple episodes ago, and she's putting together this series so that we can share how we are investing in this current climate and different tips and tricks that you can try to start investing yourself. If you've never, you know, gotten bitten by the investment bug, we're going to help you understand why it's important for you to start thinking about ways that you can start investing in yourself to secure your financial future. So if that sounds interesting to you, please head over to my Instagram at Yo Quiero Dinero Podcast to find out more information and to get your tickets. Seating is limited and you will have to register in order to obtain access to all of the webinar recordings. So please make sure that you secure your spot before it's too late. It's going to be happening May 11th through the 15th. So you still have time to register. Like I said, head over to Yo Quiero Dinero podcast on Instagram and you can find out more. So now let's get into today's episode. We're going to be talking to the one and only Julie from Investing Latina. 
if you're a Latina and you're into personal finance, then you already know who Julie is, and that's why you're here. But for anybody who doesn't know, Julie Alma Taveras, also known as Investing Latina, immigrated with her family from the Dominican Republic at the age of four. She has a career in the fashion industry and a passion for personal finance. She created Investing Latina to have money conversations with other Latinas and people of color to better navigate the financial system. She uses the platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to reach her goal, which is to inspire women to invest and become financially powerful. Make sure you subscribe to Julie's channel on YouTube at Investing Latina and follow her on Instagram. Without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Julie. Just a quick note, I apologize for the audio quality of this recording. Obviously, with the coronavirus, we are recording virtually, and for some reason, the audio tracks for Julie and I kind of go off, I guess, um, they kind of get misaligned at some point. So I just want to apologize in advance for the quality of the recording. For some reason, when I'm recording virtually, and it really depends on a host of different issues, um, we can have a situation where the audio tracks of the individuals that are talking somehow get misaligned as time goes on. So I'm working to correct that, but I hope it doesn't take anything away from the content of our conversation with Julie. I hope that you get all of the messages that she's putting out there because they're really worth it. So thanks for your consideration, guys. I really appreciate it. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually thinking, I think you might have been the first person that I reached out to on Instagram when I first started this podcast because I just love everything that you're doing. You go by Investing Latina on Instagram, which I'm just like, hello. I mean, that says it all. <laughs> oh, thank you. I know. I love I love um, being on Instagram. I love everything that we talk about online. I mean, what is more important than investing and having your money work for you? Absolutely. So before we get into the discussion around how you got into this space and everything that you're doing, obviously COVID-19 is affecting like everybody and you're coming to us live from New York. So you have seen the worst of it. And I know that uh, personally, you've also had some challenges with that. So can you just give us an update on like, how everything's going for you with that in that perspective? Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, it's crazy. I don't think we anybody could have ever expected or predicted like any of this to happen and also to happen in this magnitude. But my dad did um, have COVID-19 and I'm so happy that I can say the word had and also say that he is doing well now um, but we did go through two weeks of a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear as he was in the hospital he was in ICU um, for about 12 days it was um, so yeah it affected us it, it came out of nowhere I mean it happened so quickly like we just started seeing a little bit of news here and there and then people really started getting sick and the hospitals were already kind of overwhelmed not to the point where it is now I mean we're in the middle of April I guess now um, but it was it was just crazy because it happened so quickly and as soon as you start hearing all this stuff on the news and then you feel like, oh, wait, maybe I'm coming down with something. You automatically think that. Like, I definitely had my moments where I'm like, yeah, 
I have it, you know? (laughs) Me too. I was taking my temperature like three times a day. Yeah. And so it was really, it was really crazy to kind of go through it, but we, we pushed through and I'm just so proud of my dad and his ability to just kind of fight through it and, and recover. And I'm grateful. We still don't know if, if it's possible for people to like get it again after they've had it. So yeah, there's so much unknown. Yeah, there's so much unknown. So you just have to kind of work with what you do know and and keep going. But um, you know, I I'm know just people so that... happy that he's okay. Like, yeah. And one of the things that I thought was like so brave of you um, was just sharing your entire experience. Like you you vlogged us through this entire experience when you first found out about your dad, like how you were feeling emotionally, like just the ups and downs. So like what inspired you to share that? Cause I think a lot of people would be kind of scared to put that out there, but I think that was actually really brave of you. Yeah. I think that um, even when we just had an idea that he was sick and that he, this might be it, I, you know, didn't know of course, but I put it out there because I know that, people were already being affected by it in such a, in such a, um, uh, direct way. So I wanted people to kind of see that, you know, this is stuff that, that everyone's going to be affected by, but we can kind of do it together. And so I posted when he had right before we went to the doctor, right before he got tested. And then I posted right afterwards and it was obviously so hard to do um, to just even talk about it at the at that moment, but because um, I think it's easier when you kind of talk about things, you know, in hindsight after they happen and after you've Absolutely. kind of gone through the motions and and the you know the worst of it, I guess. But um, you know, I I had there were so many people online that were reaching out that were just like, oh my god, he's getting tested. Please let me know how it goes. I'm getting test. I'm getting tested, or someone I know is getting tested. So we were just. It just felt like the thing to do to be able to support others. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you so much for your honesty. I think just it's really awesome for you to kind of put out a personal story out there because if you don't know somebody who's actually going through it, it's a lot harder to understand the severity. So I think we really got a chance to experience and understand that, hey, this is not a joke and you need to take this seriously. Right. Yes, totally. And I think it did. It did. It also helped people in that way where it was like, oh, wow, wait a second. I don't know anyone yeah. personally, but I know this person online that, you know, I followed for a while and have gotten to know and they're going through it. So maybe we should stay home. Maybe we should, you know, be more, more careful and more cautious. Yeah, for sure. All right. So thank God dad is okay. Yes. We're continuing to pray for you guys and thank for the city you. of New York and everybody that is affected because, you know, there's just, this is on another level. So we're just keeping everybody in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, for sure. For sure. Thank you. All right. So let's get into this discussion. Cause I'm so curious to understand what is it about investing and personal finance that triggered you to be like, I need to be involved. I need to be a voice in this space. And what was your relationship like with money growing up? Okay. So I'll guess, I guess I'll start with um, growing up. I come from an immigrant uh, family. So I myself uh, was born in the Dominican Republic and we moved here when I was four. Um, My mom actually came first. When I was eight months old, my mom had to leave her family. She left me and my dad in DR to come to New York to try to build a new life. You know, the, the American dream where 
you think, um, you know, things are going to be better than what they are back home. And it cost her a lot emotionally. She had to like separate from us and leave us for a couple years, actually. Um, and then we were eventually all here together. And my parents, they worked jobs like um, minimum wage jobs. My dad drove taxi for a living. And my dad worked, my mom, I'm sorry, worked at a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. making minimum wage. And I forget what exactly it was, but I want to say at the time it was maybe like 475 an hour. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy because even now we hear like minimum wage is like $15 in New York and still like you think how can people survive off of that? How can mm-hmm. you make ends meet with that? So, um, but you know, they came here and we started just pushing through, working. My my parents um eventually saved. My dad eventually opened his own business. Um, he opened his own bodega. So um, uh, I come from a family of bodegueros, and that's, that's what awesome. they I, <laughs> and that's what they what they did, and that's how my parents were able to support our family, me and my two sisters, and that's how they paid through uh, for my college degree, my sister's college degree, and we have an eighteen year old sister who's going to college soon, and you know that's how they're paying for her degree. Um, so we're just a hardworking family that started from the bottom and has done everything, everything they, they could to, to progress in life. That's amazing. And for anybody that doesn't know, bodegas are legit, like the heart of a community. Yeah. That's where people go to talk, to get together. Like it's just a place that brings people together and it provides a really essential service, especially in like food deserts, which um, there's a lot of those in New York city. So that's awesome that your family took upon that, that, yeah. that task. And I love that you say that because it's kind of, I think, what also influenced me in starting Investing Latina because mm. it, like that space for me online and talking up to other people about money is also like what brings me together with other people. So it for also sure. feels like, you know, my home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I started Investing Latina last year. So in 2019, I um, start. I didn't really started with the idea of, oh, I want to be a voice in the community. I want to do this or that. I really just started it because I felt that um, it would be fun, and it would be <laughs> okay. something that that uh, would also keep me sort of on check. So really a lot of it I did for um, just because I thought it would be cool to talk about my story and to Mm -hmm. talk to other people about it. And I really started out anonymous. So I was putting a lot of my numbers up on there and it was really just kind of like this blog, right? Yeah. Where I was sharing my personal story and, and then people suddenly just kept asking more and more questions and and the page started to grow in a big way and all of a sudden I was like oh wait a second like okay so people need answers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I need to give them these answers so it it actually really didn't start out as something that I was set out to do but I'm so happy right now that it has become that and that I'm able to to help people just simply by sharing my story or providing them resources or pushing them, um, motivating them and, and helping them go in the direction that 
really they just want to go to you know so it's not really about me making people do stuff or telling them to do things this is exactly what they wanted it's what they've been looking for so you know I'm just happy to to be that and I've met so many amazing people and have so many new friends because of it um so yeah that's kind of how it's going (laughs) that's awesome and I think you did such a smart thing by branding yourself as Latina because it helps people understand like right away hey, this person is somebody that looks like me, that sounds like me, that is from like my background, that's talking about something that's meaningful. So it's just really, it's easy for somebody from the Latinx community that's looking for somebody who's talking about investing to find somebody called Investing Latina and figure out, hey, you know what, she's probably talking about exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, I I feel like there's no, you know, confusion when it comes to the name. (laughs) So it makes it very, very uh, clear, you know, what I'm here to do and what I'm talking about. Um, So, I, yeah, I I totally agree with you. And, you know, in hindsight, of course, I didn't realize how much of that we didn't have before until I Mm -hmm. really came into it where I'm like, oh, wait. So these are the people, like, I started to really get to know the community little by little. And it was like, wait a second, there really aren't that many people of my background talking about this stuff Mm -hmm. now I see why people really came like running to my page and are just like wait where are where where is the information and how can I hear from someone with our unique perspective you know absolutely so you haven't always been an investing Latina, right? So I want to talk about what your debt situation, what your money situation was like before you decided to like revamp your finances. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I made so many mistakes, girl. You have no haven't idea. We all? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I still haven't even like, like it's almost PTSD where I was, I'm like ignoring <laughs> it. I still haven't even yeah. laid it all out how many <laughs> mistakes I've made. But yeah, for sure. I um, I mentioned that my parents were bodegueros and, you know, we, my parents worked super, super hard. I'm talking about like 16 hour days that my parents worked, mm-hmm. opening and closing a store, um, being there all the time, seven days a week. Um, so they just worked super, super hard. And I, that for me gave me a lot of privilege because my, my, I never had to really think twice about, oh, can I get this? Or can I buy that? Can we afford this? Of course, in, in, in my, you know, it wasn't like I was going crazy from a young age, but they were always able to provide which is crazy Mm -hmm. because my parents are poor, you know, but they work always work so hard to make sure that me and my sisters had everything that we needed. Like my sister was able to take dance classes and I was able to, and and my other sister was able to travel and I was always able to, to um, take additional classes and pay for things here and there that were just fun for me. Um, So they, there was always, inflow because my parents had their own business and I think Mm -hmm. that that's an important part that a lot of people um should think about and focus when you have your own business when you invest in yourself you're you will you could 
And if you work hard, you will always be able to provide. So that was probably one of the first examples that I received from them um, on how important it is to work hard, A, but also work for yourself. Mm-hmm. And eventually that that sunk in for me. But um, so, yeah, I started really just thinking that, you know, there was always like this money available and, you know, I could do all kinds of things until my dad got sick um, in 2013 and everything changed and he was no mm-hmm. longer able to work. Um, he was no longer able to, to keep the store. And um, that's when something in my mind kind of went, Oh, I've always had the support. I've always been able to count on my parents for stuff, but now I can't. And how can I continue living in this way, living the, the vida loca, <laughs> the crazy <laughs> lifestyle, um, when, uh, you know, there's going to come a point where they're not going to be able to, to even provide for themselves, much less for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in 2013, I was super, super deep in, in debt because I started, I, I, try, to keep, I try to keep living a crazy lifestyle and I had lifestyle inflation which as you know, mm-hmm. the more you start to make, the more you start to spend. And you're just oh, like, absolutely. oh, okay. Uh, but I, I graduated um, from FIT and I got a degree in design and merchandising with a minor in mm-hmm. economics. And I was living my dream life, um, working in the fashion industry, doing everything that I imagined that I would do. And I really started making money. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I like this. Like I also like the Chanel bag and this Louis Vuitton well, bag. I can only imagine being in fashion. Like you are tempted with a lot of. Luxury. Oh yeah, you know it, girl. And it was just like <laughs> shoes here and bags here, and they're like living the Sex in the City I life. Was. Real quick. I, I really was, and it was it was too much, you know. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, I got into a lot of debt, and I felt really ashamed by it because I felt like how could I do this how could I be someone that you know has parents that are so responsible with money that have their own business that have you know always taken care of us and always put uh, the important things first how could I not be that you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I um that was when when my dad got sick and I realized that I wouldn't be able to always count on my family and count on them to to be there for me and help me out then I was like okay I I have to I really have to get it together and I started paying off my debt which I still oh god I still can't publicly publicly say how much I had (laughs) I'm telling you it's like true PTSD it's It's okay it's a a process it is and I'm still going through it so if you're out there you're listening and you have a lot of debt I feel you because it, it, it was hard and I'll give you like two quick tips on on what it is, what it was to kind of get out of that. I think that the yeah, first sure. thing that I did was I laid out my financial plan and I said, okay, I'm in the negative, I'm in the red. Uh, this is everything that I have in, in assets, which is, you know, cash and other accounts. And this is everything that I owe. So I think first just start as scary as it is, lay out your, your financial uh landscape and and map and then figure out what your goal is because without a goal you cannot get 
anywhere. You have to really, Amen. you have to really set that goal for yourself. So lay out your plan, set a goal. And then uh, the second thing is do it, stick to it, mm-hmm. make it your thing, live and breathe it the same way that I live and breathe investing. Now I live and breathe getting out of debt. And I stay focused. I didn't do a lot of things. It took me two years to pay pay off all the debt that I had. And I lost friends. I like stopped shopping. I just, I just really took it very seriously. And I was very motivated by, you know, seeing my dad go through his health issues and wanting to be a better person for them, for my parents. So um, as long as you, you lay out your plan and you figure out what your why is and what you, how you envision your future, then you can truly get started. Absolutely. So I want to talk more specifics around your game plan for tackling this debt. Like what specific strategies did you use? Did you use like an avalanche method? Did you just cut every excess cost that just was not a necessity? Like what did you actually do? I did cut every excess cost. I think I I decided I set a goal that I would not shop for anything for one year. So I didn't buy any, like anything, like, what like that clothing, mean? accessories, oh, anything okay. that was fashion, I had an abundance of. I had way too much in my closet. I, you know, didn't need a single thing when it came to that department. So that to me mm-hmm. felt like anything that I bought was unnecessary. And I went through a full year Got of it. not shopping and I did not run out of clothes. I did not run out of things to wear. <laughs> and I know that many of us, can relate to that you know if you did try if you are really in debt and you really want to get out of debt try that and trust me you'll survive (laughs) it'll be a year of you getting creative (laughs) and just figuring stuff out but you also you know it's it's it was kind of a fun challenge you know you're kind of just saying okay I can't do this but there's so much I can more I can do I can really get creative I can start uh, wearing things that I never wore before. Like I had things that still had tags on them, all kinds of things. So I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I cut out all unnecessary expenses and I had to say no to traveling. So I really didn't travel mm. much at all. That that In those two years, I only went on one trip and it was uh, to Spain, which was for a friend's like bachelorette. And okay. um, saying no to people is hard. They're not going to like it. They're going to be like, oh. Absolutely. They don't understand what you're trying to do. You know, you just don't want (laughs) to hang out. You don't want to be friends. And, you know, I lost some friends, people that just didn't understand me. And I realized Mm -hmm. now that, you know, we were just, we just weren't aligned with what the goals that we had in mind for ourselves. You know, I had friends that wanted to continue living, uh, you know, and continue spending and going crazy and just doing whatever. And, And I just became, started becoming a different person. Hmm. I love that. And I think that is an important piece of advice that maybe a lot of people don't think about when you're trying to reshape your narrative, especially around money, you need to also be around people that are supporting that goal because, you know, just the same way that you could have really like toxic friends that encourage you to just be with somebody who's not good for you. You can also have toxic friends that encourage you to spend money that you don't have. And it's just like, it's an expectation of your friendship to like do certain things. And you really don't need that type of energy when you're trying to make these yeah, changes. Yeah, for sure. I think that the friends, you know, they say every, the, the five people that you hang out with 
are the people that are going to influence you. You become more like them, you know, and sometimes we, we can mm-hmm. lose ourselves and it can be tough to, to kind of turn your back on people that you've um, been friends with. But I think that if, if you value the friendship and you can grow together, then it's meant to be and you're meant to be friends forever. So, you know, I I lost some relationships, but I don't think that they were relationships that were that significant, you know, uh, to start with. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay if it does happen to you. Like if you lose some friends throughout the process, it's okay. You're going to gain experience. You're going to, your relationships with your true friends are going to uh, grow and they're going to become better relationships. So don't be discouraged by, you're cha- if you're changing some things up and you and you start to notice other people are not riding with you they're not on your side you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. so um i think that was one thing that i think i took kind of hard but uh years later i mean i became debt free uh 4 years ago at this point i i get that mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely and i love what you said about just being more conscious about what we're actually buying and shopping because I think it's it's Vicky Robbins who first made the um the comparison to like you need to look at a piece of clothes as the amount of hours that you spent to be able to mm, buy them like how yeah. many hours did you spend working because when you start looking at this you know Chanel bag that spent you spent two weeks working for it's gonna make you appreciate <laughs> things in a way and appreciate that time that you're yep. putting in in a whole different way. I know. It's so true. I feel like when I was hardcore <laughs> shopping, I did not think about things in that way. I didn't calculate mm-hmm. cal- I'm sorry. I didn't calculate the hours um that it cost to to buy things. Um but now I totally do. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-uh, sure. wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is, it really is. But that's like I think that's a great, great tip. Like if you think about the time that you're spending to to pay for something you think about things differently for sure all right so i'm sure that you faced setbacks along the way because we all do so would you talk us through any of those and how you manage them setbacks like financial setbacks i think that yeah like trying to reach your um, goal well hold on one second i think that okay no sorry <laughs> i hope it, wait are you uh, Anyway, so financial yeah, financial setbacks, I think that I had was after um, it was really hard when I started investing. So I'll talk a little bit about investing. Right. And how my investment yeah. journey kind of started. I started when I was 19 years old because I got this full time job working for a nonprofit while I was in college because I lived in New York and we're crazy and we do we, we work 120 <laughs> hour weeks for the fun of it. Um, and, um, so I started working at 19 at this nonprofit and we had a 403B, which is designed for nonprofit companies, but it's similar to a 401k where it's a retirement plan and you save for your retirement. So I started that when I was 19 and I learned such a tough lesson when I left my job two years later. Um, I actually lost $6,000 because I left be- before I was vested. Yes. Mm. So I basically had 
the company had contributed, they had matched what I was contributing, which at the time was like $50 a month that I was putting into the account. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also matching me and I didn't read the fine print. And <laughs> I didn't read that if you leave the company before three years, you don't take your the money that they contributed with you. So um, that was my first, first hard money lesson um, when it came to investing, mm-hmm. not reading that that fine print because I feel like I could have pushed through a couple more months if I would have known that and realized right. that. Um, so I I learned that lesson and, and it set me back because my account was I think at the time almost uh, like $14,000 um, when I was 21 wow. and, and then I just lost 6000 of it and I was like what? what? How? Um, <laughs> but it, at that when I that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah, but at that point, it was already already too late. So I definitely recommend you know be be conscious of that and know when you're what your vesting period is when you're getting a company match, which hopefully a lot of you are are getting. Um, so just be aware of that so that you can plan kind of your time there uh, appropriately. You know, for sure. So did you um, set out to be debt-free by a specific date or was it just kind of like when it happens? Um, I think I set it up really to be debt-free around my birthday. Okay. And did you meet your original goal? And I I had a huge party. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, it did take me two years to do it. um, But I, I celebrated at the end of it. And I actually spent a lot of money right afterwards. So I think that if you, <laughs> if you're going through the debt-free journey and you're figuring out, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to celebrate afterwards? Um, you can do it. Uh, I think that you deserve it. You know, after you work so hard to really get to a certain financial point in your life, whether it's a goal of investing your first hundred thousand dollars, whether it's the goal of becoming debt-free, whether Whatever that goal, well, that financial goal is, when you meet a goal, it's important to celebrate. I talk a lot about small financial wins, and um, I think that if you take the moment to be proud of yourself and appreciate what you've accomplished, you go further. You keep going. That is so true. Yeah, you have to make um, each little success it's it a big deal, right? Because you can think about where you started and then where you have come. Like it's, you have to give yourself credit because you're doing the work. You're the one you're doing pushing the work. yourself. You're, you know, you're making sacrifices. You're eating a roya bichuela to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to definitely be proud of yourself. And I, and I'm a huge uh, believer in that. I think sometimes us Latinas and us women in general, we, we aren't proud of ourselves enough and we we sometimes aren't necessarily our, our biggest advocates for ourselves. We mm-hmm. we sometimes need other people to remind us, listen, you did a great job. So so I think that yeah. having that self talk with yourself uh, is very positive, it's very important and it's going to keep you motivated. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. To get to your next financial success for sure love that okay so let's talk about investing i'm so curious as to you know after you (laughs) learned this lesson with your 403b what was next for you what motivated you to be like well i need to understand all this stuff because i I know i was like like, how could i have done this what's wrong (laughs) with me um but i think that um that lesson motivated my next step which was to no longer be shy about it, no longer invest just $50 per paycheck. When I went on to my next job and signed up for my, my four, uh, 401k because it was a, a public company, um, I increased it and I went up. I think I put in $200 for a paycheck. So I really started accelerating mm-hmm. because I, A, was mad at myself for losing the $6,000 <laughs> and B, I also realized, I started little by little realizing how in, much more important it is to invest and grow your money than it is to shop and spend your money. I'm like, all right, you know, I, mm-hmm. I went through a whole, all this time of, of not shopping and I was fine. So why can't I just spend less money shopping and spend more money investing in myself and my future? Um, and for specifically for retirement. So it kind of uh, snowballed in a sense to become something bigger. And I started investing more and I started um, learning little by little, like what the max was at the time. It was like, um, I think it was like $18,000 for a 401k. Mm-hmm. Now it's 19500 So I just slowly started to to pick up on these things. And because I had different jobs, I had to go through the paperwork of transferring money from one account to another. Mm-hmm. So I think doing that also helped me really, A, get to know a lot of different uh, companies and brokerages that exist out there. And B, 
I slowly really started reading more of the fine print and looking at what exactly I was invested in and um, making selections based on, um, you know, things that I've learned. Like I really started off with a target date fund, which is kind of like the basics. When you sign up for a for a 401k, it says, hey, when are you going to retire? Oh, 2055. Great. So this is how we're going to invest the money mm-hmm. for you. And aggressive now and it's going to uh, get a little less aggressive as you get closer to retirement. That's really the the main structure of a target date fund, right? That's how I got started too. Yeah, I had no idea exactly. What I was doing. So it's it's good <laughs> that they make it easy for us in a sense, but at the same rate, I feel like yeah. it makes us lazy. And it's like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. if I had to really choose, pick and choose <laughs> my investment specifically. Um, I probably would know a lot more by now. You know what I mean? I probably would have been oh, for less sure. uh, lazy and I, I would have definitely done more of the homework. But I also agree that not everybody has time for that. You know, it's like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have a job, you have children, you have a full life, a full, all these things that you have to do. So there's, there, it's, it's okay to make it easy for people, you know. Yeah, it's better than them. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I had the target date fund. And then when I really started, little by little, I started just graduating to other things. I opened up an IRA uh, and eventually a brokerage. So it's been, this was, I I started investing 12 years ago. It's taken time. Mm -hmm. Investing is not something like, oh, all of a sudden, like, you know, everything and that's it. And cool. You're going to be rich. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> you, you, you take baby steps. <laughs> you learn little by little. Every year I encourage um, people to learn more about taxes because investing, a big part of investing has to do with um, how you manage your taxes. Um, and, and you just go, you go little by little, you know, and you, you um spend spend less you control lifestyle inflation as much as you can and and set those goals mm-hmm. like i set a big goal like after becoming debt free my my first goal was really to save a hundred thousand dollars for example and that's all i thought mm. about and and then um the next goal became to invest a hundred thousand dollars so it's funny because i have a friend tori i'll shout, shout her out um, she started her brand last year called Her First 100K. And it's so mm-hmm. great because when you start really working in an industry, when you when you come out of college and, and you start making money, um, you're going to have to figure out finances, right? Or even before all of that, you really have to figure out finances. You mm-hmm. really have to learn. And setting a goal and I think 100K is like an awesome goal for, from a financial perspective on anything that, that you do, whether it's pay off my $100,000 in student loan debt if you graduate from like, you know, with, with a, a medical degree or something, or, um, and then, mm-hmm. or you or you, NYU, NYU. I get a liberal degree and, <laughs> and it's like, oh, what am I going to do right. now? <laughs> like I have all this debt and what, what job right. am I going to take? Um, but yeah, it's, you, mm-hmm. you, it's a goal. I think it's a nice round pretty number you know that you think about a lot of us we think about oh how can I make a hundred thousand dollars and I and I was like that too and I I hustled Mm -hmm. and I worked hard to get to that point in my career 
But what I didn't realize was, you know, what's also important is that you save $100,000 and you invest six figures, you know, all these kind of things. So uh, um, I think that doing that takes time. But if you set that goal, there is no doubt in my mind when you set a goal that you can accomplish it. You will do whatever it takes to accomplish that goal. For sure. Yeah, you don't get to 100K by accident in any means. Like, whether it's earning, whether it's saving, like, that's a deliberate um, plan of action that you have to put in place to even get anywhere Yeah, for sure. But you have, I think that, that it's very possible. We, as Latinas, make, I think it's 54 cents to the dollar, right, of every white male, which is a damn shame. shame. Um, but <laughs> we have been making more money than our moms have. We make so much more money than our grandmothers ever did. So make sure that you're also mm-hmm. being very conscious of that, I think, and make yourself proud, make your previous generations proud, work hard to not only, um, make more money and hopefully we can in, in, in sooner rather than later close this wage gap. Um, but work hard to be financially powerful. And that's my goal with investing Latina. Like if, Absolutely. You, can, if you can really get focused and set some goals for yourself, you can accomplish these things and let's do it together. You know, have a community where you can, where you can bounce ideas off of and, and talk to people about what your investing ideas are. Like some, it's not just investing in the market, which we spent a lot of time talking about, but it's also investing into real estate, investing in yourself, starting a business. Like I mentioned, my parents, you know, they really they really set that example for me. And as Latinos, we, we do see that example. And I think sometimes we let it kind mm-hmm. of go over our heads in a way. And it's just like, oh, wait a second. You know, my dad was he was a, he did his own thing. He had his own company. You know, he it, even if it's if, if they were gig workers driving uber or something like you know you're working for yourself and you're putting in the hours and you're you're the one that is uh handling your own business so i think that that's something that that we also have to be very kind of aware of that although we are less overall making less money than when when we compare to our white peers we still have the ability to make money and to start our own businesses and to invest. So let's do it. Let's Absolutely. just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we have something, um, you know, immigrants in this country, they are the most resourceful people because they come here with nothing and they have to make something. And a lot of the times they don't even get government support. So we come from a lineage of people who are resourceful and who just know how to make things happen. So we need to lean into that. That's such a strength for us as a community. Yeah, I agree, and it's true. Like, if you think about undocumented workers, they have to just hustle, right? There is no support. You have to figure it out on on your own, which is why right now it's really, really sad to see everything that's going on because people cannot work. You know, we're going through COVID-19 right now, Mm -hmm. and it's going to have a deep, deep financial impact on us um, as a community, on Latinos, and more so on undocumented workers and people that really live day to day. Um, They're not going to be able to apply for unemployment, for example. 
they're not going to be able to mm-hmm. catch up on just paying rent. So it's really going to be, right. it's, it's a tough time. But I think that um, if we can be supportive to one another and if we can focus on um, bringing more financial education to our communities, which you're doing, and thank you so much for that, because I love, you know, I was listening to, to your podcast and, and everything you talk about, it's like, yes. And it just makes me want to snap my fingers. Thank you. So thank I you. Thank you. You know, so I want to give you that shout out because it, it's so important. You know, I think thank that you. we have to do our best to, to be the voice to, to say, you know, we, these are, the, these are the things that we're going through. Let's go through them together. Let's learn from them. Let's become, yeah. you know, let's study this and become successful and, and work on things that we've always wanted to work on, but in smarter ways. Right. For sure. And I think this generation of Latinas and just Latino community in general, we have access to an infinite amount of information yeah. that previous generations just didn't have. Right. So you can learn about anything that you want. And I think we are turning the tide when it comes to like equalizing the the access to information especially around how you know white people yeah. have been building generational wealth like that's a big thing because we can do the same thing but uh, the first thing is just even knowing that that's possible so you know your platform is absolutely providing that resource to people to understand that this is not just something that is for white privilege this is for anybody who makes a conscious decision to say I want to understand mm-hmm. how powerful money can be and what I can do consciously to, mm-hmm. yeah, to make it exactly. work for me. And I want to encourage you, like if you're listening yeah. to this podcast right now, share this with someone. Share this with your sister, your cousin, your, Absolutely. You know, your friend from elementary school, whoever it is that you, you feel like can make, make uh, use of this information because we all can. So it's really important for us to, to share our journeys and encourage the people around us, um, encourage our sisters and brothers, um, the Latinos that we that we love and care so much about to also um, become very financially powerful. Absolutely. All right, so I wanna know, what advice would you give to someone who's ready to get control of their finances but it's just overwhelmed, if you're overwhelmed and doesn't know where to start um i think that you have to notice and realize that um and it's so hard right now be, and I, my first initial thing was going to be you have income you have a job and i feel like it's not even mm-hmm. you can't even say that right now you can't even so say that for I'll, sure. I'll actually talk to yeah if you're not in that situation if you don't have a job right now and you mm-hmm. are overwhelmed, you have consumer debt, you have um, uh, rent to pay, you have, um, or a mortgage to pay, and you don't see light at the end of the tunnel, I think the best thing that you can do is take small steps and call these companies, um, get discounts, do not be afraid to ask for help. I think that when I was going through my journey, um, I did feel a lot of shame and I just hope and pray that if you're in that situation, you don't feel shame. Know that this happens to a lot of people. Know that there are going to be struggles and 
you know, we, we can lose our jobs. I've lost my job throughout this COVID-19 situation. Um, I'm, I have, I'm a contractor, so I have, mm. I had all these contracts and I've lost some of them in the middle of all of this. So, you know, we're, yeah, but it's, it's Sorry to hear nothing that. we could control. So we have to be aware right. that there are times where we just can't control the situation, but what you can control is trying to make calls. You can take actionable steps to at least or reorganize your debt. So do that now, if you can, you know, if you can move things over, even if you can't make, um, huge extra payments right now, if you don't have a job, you can still try to maybe, uh, do a balance transfer and reorganize things. And so take the moment to calmly step back. Don't think so much about the full situation of what's happening on the outside and think about what you can do, what small steps you can take to just organize. So I think organizing is the first step. So if you're overwhelmed, just kind of organize and, yeah, that's great. and, and see what you can do. Make calls, try to get your interest rates lowered. Um, there are a lot of companies that are helping right now. So it's just a matter of looking for those resources. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't make this a moment for you for to sure. just be overwhelmed and sad. It is very, it's very nerve wracking. And it's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next. But try to stay positive. Try to stay positive and know that this will end. We don't know when it's going to end, but it will end. Absolutely. So don't don't get lazy. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. Do what you can. And remember that every small financial win matters if you can get one small financial win a day you're going to be able to recover for sure i love that okay so let's talk to the other side of the coin where people are still employed luckily and they might Mm -hmm. be thinking about investing for the first time but they really don't understand like what's happening with the market okay so so when it comes to the market i know that um there are a lot of people online. I mean, I, the online Instagram and the communities that we that we see can be kind of a gift and a curse because you see a lot of information. Even when we talk about media in general, you turn on the TV and it's like mostly negative and you're just like, oh, my God, like, OK, the market is down, you know, and you, it, it, <laughs> I know everyone's dying. Yeah, we're all going to die. Down. It's like Yay. all these negative okay. ideas. Um, <laughs> And I think that that can be a little bit overwhelming, but know that there are a lot of different ways for you to invest and people, the market did go down. Luckily, we've actually had a a very good week this week, but the market did go down and the market will go down. And that's just how things are. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. The only thing that you have to worry about is getting started. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. Things will happen. But it will be something that you're, you're going to learn from. And if you think about the, way, the best way to invest for you, you also think about, okay, what, how much can I put in without being a mess and totally nervous? So that's when you think about what's your risk tolerance. You know, you, you're not going to put all your money into the market. You're going to put a percentage of it, you know, something that you feel mm-hmm. comfortable with until you can you know, learn a little bit more and figure out, you know, what, how can I add to this strategy or make it a little bit more diversified? So I think that 
if you have a job right now, if you're working from home, but you haven't started investing, I think that you should take the opportunity now to read up on how the markets actually work and read up on what you can, um, how you can start an IRA, for example, if you don't already have one, or what are the implications of opening up a brokerage? How do you pay taxes on that? You know, so these are the kind of things that you can kind of research Mm -hmm. on. And I saw something recently that I loved and in the word invest, if you think about that word, um, when you invest, you have to become an investigator and you have to Mm, research and you have to learn. So you can't be a successful investor without investigating what you're going to, what your strategy is and what you're going to put your money in. So I think that Mm -hmm. it's just that mentality, switching over to that mentality. I mean, moving from a mentality of, I don't know where to start to just, you know, let me start slow and let me figure this out and let me read a little bit about it. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to go for it. It won't be perfect. Like I just went for it when I was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what the hell I was doing, (laughs) but I went for it and I did lose that money when I uh, left before being invested. But trust me, that never happened again. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, I need to be vested and Mm -hmm. let me negotiate this (laughs) when I went to my next job. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I would say, I would say that know that you have to, in order to invest, you have to be an investigator. Love that. Okay, so what things should someone have like in their financial house before they even start thinking about investing? Are there things that they should be prioritizing first um, before investing? I really think about this question when I think about people that have dependents. And I know that if you have children that you're supporting, you could think about things completely differently. Um, I I always say like if you Mm -hmm. are in debt for example but you have no children you should still be investing so i don't agree with the mentality of oh wait to pay Mm -hmm. off all of your debt before you start investing i think that it should be a a a multi way of thinking about it and you should still be in if you don't have any children and you have debt you should still be investing in general if you So wait, just one second. Is that because just the time in the market yeah, is just absolutely. like something that you the can't The compounding interest, take back. you're going to miss out on all of that. Okay. And yeah. another very important part about it is that you mm. build a habit. So I, I made a whole video on my, for mm-hmm. my YouTube channel talking about what should I, should I invest even though I have, have debt, whether it's student loan debt. For some people, student loan debt could be six figures times five. You know, you could be half a million dollars in student loan debt. So what are you going to do? Never invest? <laughs> of course not. You have to invest. You have to fig- You have right. to look at all of your liabilities and you have to look at all your assets. And the goal is to bring those liabilities down and build those assets. You don't have to do them separately. But to answer the question of mm-hmm. what you should generally have in your financial house before you do invest is you, you definitely want to have cash reserves. And that could be different for many people, how much you have uh, recommended three months, six months. I, because I am a gig worker, because I work off of contracts, I have a year worth of, of um, emergency savings, cash savings. That is going to mm-hmm. depend on 
you know, what you do and what you feel comfortable with and how, how many, how much you have in responsibilities, whether it's a mortgage, car note, all of those things. So you definitely need to have cash reserves no matter what. How much you have, that is going to be up to you. The recommendation is three to six months so that when something like this crazy situation that we're in happens, you can kind of navigate and still make those payments mm-hmm. and, and still figure things out without like, you know, losing your mind completely. Um, so I think, yeah, cash reserves. Yeah. Have cash reserves in, in your in your um, house, financial house. A high yield savings account is the best way to kind of keep it so that it's easily, easily accessible, but not too easily accessible. So you kind of keep it separate from your checking. Um, <laughs> so I love that. I love high yield savings accounts. Yeah. Um, uh, some other ways that you can invest um, is through is having your savings cash some cash reserves in a CD. So there's a percentage of my full year worth of emergency mm-hmm. savings in a CD. So these are just like little separate things that you know can be very different for people. But um, once you start taking action, once you start doing these things, they make more sense, you know, and you start to build something that. That, that is mm-hmm. very personal. That's something that's very unique for your situation, but that is successful. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, this whole situation yeah. is making people realize the importance of an emergency fund. So if I think if nothing else comes out of it, like that lesson is being taught to everyone because we can't rely on your, you know, job security. That's just something that's always in flux. And the only way that you can protect yourself financially is to really make that conscious decision to put aside money to yeah, cover you have to have, these types you of emergencies have have that you really can't plan investing. for. I think yeah. the overarching idea of, of investing includes those cash reserves. Like you can't invest into a property without having cash mm-hmm. reserves for that specific investment. You know, you can't really. Right. Yeah. What happens if, like, you, you know, have to the replace the whole thing? Runs out, it, or you got to replace the so water heater, and you got to replace the roof. For any <laughs> investment strategy that you choose, and for any financial decision that you make, you have to be smart to know that everything requires cash, and you should have reserve for everything. So, so basically, I talk a little mm-hmm. bit about how I manage my finances as if it were. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. For a business and having that bodeguero uh, background mm-hmm. from my parents helped in that because <laughs> you yeah. start to think about okay, what if these are the what ifs? You so you sort of plan for 
worst case scenarios mm-hmm. although you should always be optimistic and reach for the stars <laughs> i think that you still have to right. keep keep those things in mind that stuff can happen yeah it's yes, just like Susie Orman Susie. says you plan for the worst <laughs> i got to meet her and that's all you can do ago, last year <laughs> in, in 2019 that's amazing. She actually yeah. came here to Tampa in uh, March of 2019. Oh, so I got nice. a signed copy of her Women in I love watching I was like, like ah, when I started so uh, I I she feel like she um, when I was getting out of debt just having her I used to watch her show which mm-hmm. came on on Saturday nights. So I went from like going to the club every Saturday night to watching Susie Orman every Saturday night. Like the tables really <laughs> turned. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Isn't that okay. funny how that happened? But, um, I think watching that show really um, <laughs> was a great, was, it, there were so many great lessons in that. Yeah, she yeah. absolutely just absolutely. gets you the totally. top sometimes you need when it comes to your money. <laughs> that's great all right so julie i want to know what's next for you what are, what is on your horizon for the next like 12 months from a goal yeah perspective? well from an investment perspective i have really that? been set on buying property this year um will that happen i don't know honestly people mm. like i really don't know <laughs> i'll be very honest with you sometimes <laughs> yes it's really it's new york really city's a really expensive here. place to buy property uh, so <laughs> the investment margin is much smaller if you than if you were to invest in in other uh states Mm. but um you know i'm still hopeful about it i think Mm -hmm. and i'm still doing my research i'm still investigating (laughs) because it's still my goal so i'm not going to let the situation of Mm -hmm. not having work right now deter me from that i'm going to keep hustling and i'm hopefully going to Mm -hmm. to if it's not this year, maybe it's next year. You know, you have to be a little bit flexible sometimes. But that, yeah, todo a su tiempo, exactamente, porque imagínate, no podemos controlar todo. <laughs> you have to just kind of you know, work, go with the flow mm-hmm. in a sense. But yeah, but yeah, yeah and pivot where you have to, and, but and don't make lose focus on the goal. Another. So that's my investment goal to, to really diversify my mm-hmm. money. Um, not only in the market but into property and uh have that be like rental property mm-hmm. to increase income flow um and what other things mm-hmm. i think with the investing latina platform um working on the youtube channel i'm creating playlists i created a playlist for the first time so i have a playlist called everything investing on the youtube channel mm-hmm. so definitely feel free to go check that out Mm. And, and just hear all of the the beginner tips of getting started in investing and then I go into a little bit more um complicated things on there but I think that I want to continue to put my time towards that so that just you know we can share this information and and help other people so those are my my two kind of big goals for this year absolutely awesome so can you let us know where yes. your, um, your handles are on Instagram Absolutely, I am YouTube. investing Again, Latina so that everybody on can find Instagram you. and on YouTube and on Twitter. Those are my three platforms. Feel free to reach out to me. You can ask me any questions. If you need like further details on everything that we talked about, you can reach me on there. Um, check out the YouTube channel. A lot of great content on there. I have a lot of cool plans for it. So uh, keep a lookout for that.
Awesome. Julie, thank you so much. Um, anybody who's listening to this, she knows what she's talking about. So if you have questions <laughs> about investing, like you need to just go over there. Like your search, no, your search for that. information is over as far as I'm concerned. Head over to Investing Latina on Instagram and definitely check out the YouTube. We need to get those subscribers up because she's putting out amazing content and everybody needs to see that. So um, once again, Julie, thank you so much. Sending you and everybody in New York City so much love. Thank you for everything that you're thank doing. Thank you so much. And, and I make can't sure that you guys follow along, listen to the episodes, because I know that you, just like me, queremos dinero. So let's keep going. <laughs> thank you, love. I love everything that Julie's doing. I'm like legit a fan. I'm obsessed with everything that she's about. And I think her message is so important. We as Latinas need to start understanding the power of investing. And I have a really sad statistic to share with you. Only 14% of Latinas own stock. Okay, guys, like that's wild. And we need to bridge the wealth gap more than even the gender gap at this point because it is keeping us as a people oppressed. And it's time for that to go. Like we don't have time for it. We don't have time to be letting other people generate wealth when we have the biggest growing population in this country. We have more buying power as a community than anybody else. We're making more money than ever, and we owe it to our ancestors and past generations to harness the power of creating wealth so that we can lift ourselves up and future generations up. So I hope that you continue to follow Julie's story and follow her on YouTube. She's making amazing content over there to communicate the power of money and how you can actually take that power and make it work for you. So definitely go and do that. And if you're loving this episode and you're loving this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. You can head over to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google Play, whatever it is. And just make sure you subscribe so that way whenever there's a new episode released, you're the first to know. And if you're loving this podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That's the only way that amazing women like you are going to hear this content and know that there is a community for them that is talking about issues with personal finance, with mental health, with money mindset, and more that resonates with them. So until next time, guys, I hope that you keep investing, right? It's really scary right now to talk about that, but now is the time to just really harness the power of money and make it work for you. So stay investing, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay poderosas.
On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.